Welcome everybody to today's show. Today we are going to be talking about what tithes and offerings really mean. We are going to go into detail and I'm going to teach you guys from the Bible what tithes is what offerings is and I'm going to compare it to what these people who are trying to teach you as they twist what the word of God truly says about tithes and offerings now why is this important because many people are being led astray to this teaching of that you need to sow unto God your money when matter of fact we have here this wasn't in my little notes but you know what I'm going to read this anyways because this right here shows the characteristics one of the characteristics of God on what he thinks about offerings okay Psalms 50. And I'm reading out the New Living Translation. It says here, The Lord, the Mighty One, is God, and He has spoken. He has summoned all humanity from where the sun rises to where it sets. From Mount Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines in glorious radiance. Our God approaches, and he is not silent. Fire devours everything in his way, and a great storm rages around him. He calls on the heavens above and the earth below to witness the judgment of his people. Bring my faithful people to me, those who made a covenant with me by giving sacrifices. Then let the heavens proclaim his justice, for God himself will be the judge. O my people, listen as I speak. Here are my charges against you, O Israel. I am God, your God. I have no complaint about your sacrifices or the burnt offerings you constantly offer. But I do not need the bulls from your barns, or the goats from your pens, for all the animals of the forest are mine. And I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains, and all the animals of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for all the world is mine, and everything in it. Listen to this. Do I eat the meat of bulls? Do I drink the blood of goats? Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made to the Most High. Then call on me when you are in trouble and I will rescue you and you will give me the glory. But God says to the wicked, 
Why bother reciting my decrees and pretending to obey my covenant? For you refuse my discipline and treat my words like trash. When you see thieves, you approve of them. And you spend your time with adulterers. Your mouth is filled with wickedness and your tongue is full of lies. You sit around and slander your brother, your own mother's son. While you did all this, I remained silent. and You thought I didn't care. But now I will rebuke you, listing all my charges against you. Repent, all of you who forget me, or I will tear you apart and no one will help you. Listen to this. But giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. If you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. That is amazing. So, does God, does God eat the meat of bulls? Does he drink the blood of goats? No. No, he doesn't. But here's the thing. This is this is why we are going to be looking at <clears throat> uh, scriptures that those that say tithes and offerings is still for today because they think God receives their money. <laughs> they think God receives money because you know why they twist the words of God and. Uh, Bear with me here. We're going to swing over to Malachi. Um, Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. Malachi is a very good book too, by the way. So in context of what Malachi 3 is about. but Let me, let me first read you this. Malachi 3 8. This is a famous book. Um, scripture a famous verse that false teachers love to use on tithes and offerings it says in verse 8 should people cheat god yet you have cheated me but you ask what do you mean when did you ever cheat you when did we ever cheat you god says you have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me and then they go on into verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe says the Lord of heaven's armies, then all nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Ah, amazing. That sounds very good. But in context, let's take a look at what this chapter is talking about. <sighs> chapter 3, usually in other Bibles, they have titles. 
they have titles on these of what the books in their chapters are signifying here. Uh, let me pull this up on my phone here as well. Um, bear with me. Okay, so this is the title of what chapter 3 is talking about. It says, The Coming Day of Judgment. It says here in verse 1, Behold, I am sending my messenger, and he will clear away before me. And the Lord, whom you are seeking, will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of armies. But who can endure the day of his the, the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like launderer's soap. And he will sit as a smelter and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, so that they may present to the Lord offerings in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem, Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old, as and as in former years. Then I will come near to you for judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, those who, who oppress the wage earner in his wages, or the widow, or the orphan, and those who turn away the stranger from justice, and do not fear me, says the Lord of armies. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, the sons of Jacob, have not come to an end. From the days of your fathers you have turned away from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you says the Lord of armies. But you say, how shall we return? Would anyone rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the entire nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house, and put me to the test. Now in this, says the Lord of armies, if I do not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows, then I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor, <clears throat> nor will the vine in the field prove fruitless to you, says the Lord of armies. All the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the, Lord of says the Lord of armies. Your words have been arrogant against me, says the Lord, yet you say, What have we spoken against you? You have said, It is pointless to serve God. And what benefit is it for us that we have done what he required? And that we have walked in mourning before the Lord of armies. 
So now we will call the arrogant blessed. Not only are the not only are the doers of wickedness built up, but they also put God to the test and escape punishment. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord listened attentively and heard it. And the book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and esteem his name. And they will be mine, says the Lord of armies, on the day that I prepare my own possession. And I will have compassion for them just as a man has compassion for his own son who serves him. So you will again distinguish between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. This is talking about the last days, the end of days, man. <sighs> Chapter 4 is talking about the coming day of judgment. So, as you can see here, says God says they will be my people. On the day when I act in judgment, they will be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child. Then, then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. There's going to be a time where you are really going to see those whom God has chosen and those who do not, but yet say they do, just like these people. Where have we robbed you, God? But tithes was never about money. Tithes has never been about money. Never. <sighs> Tithes is about and always will be about food. Bringing food into a storehouse. Why do you think God said bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple? If God wanted to say money there, it would have said money. And here's the thing. Well, they didn't have money back then. <laughs> really, come on. The shekel, give me a break. If God wanted to say money, he would have said money. But he doesn't. He says food. He says food. Let's just see you. Here, you know, let's, let's bring up the King James. All right. Malachi 3, 8. Okay. It says, verse 10, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. Meat, another translation says food. As you can tell, God is talking about food here, not money. But these, <clears throat> excuse me, these, these teachers will tell you, well, that was their provisions. That was their money. 
No, it wasn't. It would have said money there. Quit reading into things that the Bible is not saying. Read the Bible, please. Just read it. But do not read into things that aren't even there. So, with that being said, <clears throat> because the way I opened this episode, I opened it with going into tithes first. So, you know what? Let's just roll with it. Let's continue with this here. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter... 14, and I have to find this, Deuteronomy 14, verse 22, Deuteronomy, verse 14, or chapter 14, <laughs> verse 22, okay. Get with it here, Aaron. This is a serious thing. Alright. says here, and I'm reading out of the New American Standard, the NASB. says here, You shall certainly tithe all the produce. Tithe all the produce. Pausing here. Okay? I'm pausing. I want you to wrap your head around this. If tithe meant money and money, a tenth of it is a tithe, then why does it hear? Why does it say produce? Why does it say produce? <laughs> Can you... Can you understand this? Can you see this? Please, just see this. Um, the King James, New King James, it says here. Uh, goodness gracious, let me... <laughs> I have to line these up. Alright, there's that one. And... There it is, Tithing Principles. It says, you shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain... That the field produces year by year. Does it mention money in that verse? Period. Does it does it mention money? Any form of money. Gold, silver, shekel, coin. No. It does not. <laughs> it says you shall certainly tithe all the produce. From what you sow, which comes from the field every year. Continuing on here. You shall eat in the presence of the Lord your God at the place where he chooses to establish his name. The tithe of your grain, your new wine, your oil, and the firstborn of your herd and your flock. So that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. But if the distance is so great for you that you are not able to bring the tithe. Since the place where the Lord your God chooses to set his name is too far away from you when the Lord your God blesses you. Then you shall exchange it for money. This is, this is important please. 
I'm going to read this very slow. Then you shall exchange it for money and bind the money in your hand and go to the place which the Lord your God chooses. And you may spend your money on whatever your heart desires, such as on oxen, sheep, wine, other strong drink, or whatever your heart desires. And there you shall eat in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice, you and your household. Also, you shall not neglect the Levite who is in your town, for he has no portion or inheritance among you. At the end of every third year, you shall bring out all the tithe of your produce in that year, and you shall deposit it in your town. And the Levite, because he has no portion or inheritance among you, and the stranger, the orphan, and the widow who are in your town shall come and eat and be satisfied in order that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hand which you do. Did you catch that? I'm going to go back and read. It says, bring the tithe. If you are not able to bring the tithe, because it's so far, it says, then you shall exchange it for money and bind the money in your hand and go to the place which the Lord your God chooses. Um, let's see here. Let's take a look at Deuteronomy 26, chapter 26, verses 1 through 15. Um, if you have came out of the teachings of the Word of Faith movement or the NAR, the New Apostolic Reformation, you have probably heard this term first fruits because in the charismatic and pentecostal and the nar movements when they bring up tithes and offerings they always they talk about this tithes is 10 percent. that is what is supposed to be given to god 10 percent um then your offerings that's on top of your tithes and then you also have first fruits. <laughs> and then on top of that, you have, you know, if you follow George Pearson, who is uh, under Kenneth Copeland, they teach on the double. And then they all butcher and murder Jesus's teachings when Jesus gave the parable of the farmer who plants seed, where Jesus tells us the answer, gives us an open book. <laughs> he tells us, he tells the story of the parable of the farmer who plants seed. And then later on, those that want to know 
and understand, ask. Lord, teach us these things. What, what did you mean? He gives them the answer. The answer is there. But these people talk about uh, giving God and you will be given back 30, 60, or 100 fold, which has nothing to do with money. If they would have just read a few verses down, they would see that Jesus was talking about people. The harvest has always been about people, not money. But this is where people get it so wrong. And they, they say, I, I'll never be deceived. There's no way that I can be deceived. But they are. Because they continue to listen to people that are not called from God in this position to teach his holy word. But praise God that he has raised up men qualified in this area. Praise God for these men who stand up to these false teachers and their teachings. Praise God. Praise God. So, um, reading here, Deuteronomy 26, uh, verses 1 through 15. I have two, I have actually three translations here. One in my hand, which is the New Living. I have the New King James and I have the New American Standard Bible on my phone. But we're going to read out of the uh, New American. It says here, verse, verse 1. Title of this is Offering First Fruits in chapter 26, Deuteronomy. Then it shall be when you enter the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and you take possession of it and live in it that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground which you bring in from your land that the Lord your God gives you and you shall put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to establish his name. Pause. Did you catch this? It says you shall give unto the Lord as an inheritance some of the first of all the produce of the ground and you will put it in a basket. It's no coincidence that this is what these people do. But they call that money, putting it in the money basket, the bucket, past the bucket. Okay, God would have said money here. They had money then, okay? They had money. This is not something that they didn't have. They had the shekel. Read your Bibles, guys. Look this up. So, hmm. it says, you shall put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to establish his name. This is not talking about money. This is what? Talking about produce. Uh, King James says, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground. 
Well, no coincidence there. It says the same thing. It says, verse 3, And you shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, I declare today to the Lord, my God, that I have entered the land which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall respond and say before the Lord your God, <clears throat> My father was a wandering Aramean, and he went down to Egypt and resided there, few in number. But there he became became a great, mighty, and populous nation. And the Egyptians treated us badly and oppressed us and imposed hard labor on us. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our wretched condition, our trouble and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, an outstretched arm, and with great terror, with signs and wonders. And he has brought us to this place, and has given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now behold, I have brought the first of the produce of the ground, which you, Lord, have given me. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. And you, the Levite and the stranger who is among you, shall rejoice in all the good which the Lord your God has given you and your household. Verse 12. When you have finished paying all the tithe of your produce in the third year, the year of the tithe, then you shall give to the Levite, to the stranger, to the orphan, and to the widow, so that they may eat in your towns and be satisfied. Verse 13. And you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the secret portion from my house, and have also given it to the Levite, this stranger, the orphan, and the widow, in accordance with all your commandments which you have commanded me. I have not violated nor or forgotten any of your commandments. I have not eaten of it while mourning, nor have I removed any of it while I was unclean, nor offered any of it to the dead. I have listened to the voice of the Lord my God. I have acted in accordance with everything that you have commanded me. Verse 15. Look down from your holy dwelling place from heaven and bless your people Israel and the ground which you have given us, a land flowing with milk and honey, just as you swore to our fathers. Now, <clears throat> um, bear with me here. Alright, um, we are going to also be looking at here Proverbs 3, chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. It says here, New Living Translation. 
Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Um, New American Standard Bible says this. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all you produce. And your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. New King James says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. It's good. Proverbs, you know, it's wisdom, man. But again, we are going back to... Uh, let's take a look at Exodus 22, Exodus chapter 22 and verse 29 it says, you must not hold anything back when you give me offerings from your crops and your wine. Okay. I don't see money in there anywhere. Do you? No. This is uh, in the footnotes here. Deuteronomy 26.2. I'm pretty sure we just read that. Yeah. Put some of the first produce from each crop you harvest into a basket and bring it to the designated place of worship. It's talking about first fruits. Uh, so... Um... Again, it's not talking about money. It's not talking about money. This is talking about food. You cannot say that this is talking about money. God knows, I'm pretty sure God knows the difference between a shekel and produce or food or meat. Has nothing to do with money, guys. Okay? Um, let's take a look at, because in verse 10 of Malachi 3, in verse 10, there's a reference there, cross-referenced cross of Deuteronomy 28.8. So let's take a look at that. It says, the Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses, keyword storehouses, with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he's giving you. He's talking about providing for you, for your food. God will not let you go hungry. Now you know why Jesus said, look at the, look at the birds. God takes care of them and they neither sow nor reap. But yet he takes care of their, he, he, he takes care of the birds. Aren't you worth more than them? And the flowers of the field, he clothes them. Not even Solomon and all of his splendor can be compared to the beauty of the flowers. Yet they neither toil the ground, yet God still provides for them and takes care of them. Jesus is saying, place your trust always in God. Do not rely on this world system. That's why Jesus said, be not conformed 
to this world, or its patterns, or its traditions. Very important. <clears throat> um, let's see, what's a what's another what's another famous scripture here that these false teachers like to use for tithes and offerings? Mm, let's see here, hold on. In Luke chapter six. Um where is it? There it is, Luke 6, 38. <clears throat> Excuse me. It says, give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. Now, I'm going to read all of this again starting in verse 20 why because i'm going to show you guys in context here what what jesus is saying <clears throat> this is the beatitudes this is teaching after teaching after teaching after teaching what jesus taught us this isn't the only teachings that he taught us but continuing here verse 20 luke's chapter 6 verse 20 and he raised his eyes toward his disciples and began saying, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and insult you, and scorn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice on that day, and jump for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For their fathers used to treat the prophets the same way. But woe to you who are rich, for you are receiving your comfort in full. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all the people speak well of you, for their fathers used to treat the false prophets the same way. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who are abusive to you. Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other also. And whoever takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic from him either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. Important. Do people show that they truly live by Jesus' words? Or do they just merely give him lip service? Because I guarantee you, 
No one is giving to everyone who asks of them. Or if anyone takes something that is yours. I guarantee you, these people, these people do not listen to Jesus because, for one, give to everyone who asks of you. If someone asks, hey, can I have some water? Hey, do you have any food that I can have? I'm hungry. Okay, these are just simple things. But what if they asked something else of you? Would you be willing to give that person what they asked? Would you be willing to follow and listen to Jesus, what he taught and said for us to do? Here's another one. And whoever takes away what is yours did not demand it back. Did not, do not demand it back. Treat people the same way you want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But, Jesus says, love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. You know, for instance, John Doe is asking, hey, I need $100 to take care of a bill. Do you think you could help me? And he's asking his family member. His family member says, yeah, but you have to pay me back. Are they, I'm asking you this question. Are they following Jesus? Are they listening to what he says and where he says, do good, land, expecting nothing in return? Are they listening to what they, what Jesus has taught or are they not listening? Answer yes or no. Are Yes, they are listening to Jesus. No, they are not. If you said no, that they are not listening to Jesus, you are correct because they are expecting something in return when Jesus says expect nothing in return. He says, when you do this, when you love your enemies and you do good and you lend expecting nothing in return, Jesus says your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High for he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil people. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged and do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Pardon and you will be pardoned. Give and it will be given unto you. You see what he's saying here? Can you understand? It says give and it will be given, given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure. Pressed down, shaken together and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. Verse 39. He spoke a parable to him. 
A person who is blind cannot guide another who is blind, can he? Will they not both fall into a pit? A student is not above the teacher, but everyone, when he has been fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite! First take out the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. For there is no good for there is no good tree that bears bad fruit, nor on the other hand a bad tree that bears good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For people do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth what is good, and the evil person, out of the evil treasure, brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. So, that was just going in context and what the scriptures mean. But this is a famous passage people like to use. <laughs> okay? For their, this is our tithes and offerings section of the service. And if you don't believe that tithes and offerings is for today, then there's the door. It's like, oh, thanks. But you see, these people are just like the Pharisees who were trying to teach the new believer Gentiles that they needed to be circumcised. Tithes and offerings, true tithes and offerings was a part of the old covenant as commanded from God for them to obey. These were regulations that they had to do on a continual basis. But Jesus has fulfilled the law. He did not come to abolish it. He came to fulfill it. Um. So, why do people still teach on tithes and offerings then? Why do they still say that it's for today when clearly it's not? Um, here we go. Jesus. We could always go back to Jesus to teach us these things. Um, Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6 verse 19 says here. <clears throat> Do not store up treasures here on earth where moths eat and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Jesus says in verse 21, Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. <clears throat> your eye is a lamp that provides light for your whole body or for your body I mean when your eye is good your whole body is filled with light but when your eye is bad your whole body is filled with darkness and if the light you think you have is actually darkness how deep that darkness is 
if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. These are people. Jesus is saying, <clears throat> if you think you have, if your body is actually filled with dark darkness, but you think it's filled with light, but really it's filled with dark darkness. He's saying, how deep is that darkness? He says in verse 24, for no one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, let's look up in another translation here. Matthew 6, 24. Out of the uh, NASB. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. That's very interesting, ain't it? It's interesting, it says wealth. Um, let's compare that here. King James, it says you cannot serve God and mammon. M-A-M-M-O-N. The ESV says, you cannot serve God in money. Um, the Jubilee Bible says, you cannot serve God and riches. You cannot work for both of them. The easy translation, God and money are like different masters. Uh, the American, or <laughs> the Amplified Bible Classic Edition says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will stand by and be devoted to the one and despise and be against the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, mammon, deceitful riches, money, possessions, or whatever is trusted in. Wealth, riches, you cannot. It says you cannot serve both God and wealth. For this reason, Jesus says, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is life not more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky, that they do not sow, they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather crops into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more important than they? And which of you, by worrying, can add a single day to his lifespan. And why are you worried about clothing? Notice how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor, nor do they spin thread for cloth. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. 
Do not worry then, saying, What are we to eat, or what are we to drink, or what are we to wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you. What is Jesus saying here? Why do you think he gave us uh, the model prayer on how to pray? Our Father who art in heaven, thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day, give us this day our daily bread. That Jesus wasn't just saying that. They asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he did. And this is why it's so important. But seek first his kingdom. Whose kingdom? God's kingdom. And his righteousness. And all, the, all of these things will be provided to you. What? Food, clothing, drink. Places to live. God will provide for you. Did he not provide? Did he not provide for the Israelites in, in the wilderness for 40 years when they even complained to God? Hey, we're starving, God. Look, we're starving. God gave them manna. He gave them uh, pheasants. Pheasants showed up. Pheasants. God took care of them. We're thirsty, God. Don't you care that we're going to die of dehydration? Moses, hit that rock with your staff. Water came out. Do you see, can you understand that God is going to take care of you? Do you trust him? Are you seeking his kingdom and his righteousness? So Jesus says in verse 34, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Wow. So where's tithes and offerings in all this? I mean, here, let's just go through this. We got teaching about money and possessions. Do not judge others. Effective prayer. The golden rule. The narrow gate. The tree and its fruit. True disciples. Building on a solid foundation. You can look in the New Testament all you want. About ties. But you're not going to find it. Matthew 5. Chapter 5. The Sermon on the Mount. You got the beetle. You got the beetle. The beatitudes. You got teaching about salt and light. You got teaching about anger. You got teaching about the law. You got teaching about adultery. You got teaching about divorce. You got teachings about vows. Teaching about revenge. Teaching about love for enemies. Teaching about giving to the needy. Teaching about prayer and fasting. Let's just go over this. Uh, prayer. Teaching about prayer and fasting. Jesus says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners. And in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. 
That is all the reward they will ever get. What? Being seen by men. They're not getting any other reward. That is it. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. But Jesus says, but when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again and again and again and again and again like a broken record. Jesus says, don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Jesus says, here, pray like this. Our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Verse 14, Jesus says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to, but if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive you your sins. Oh, so... I thought I'd share that with you because that's important. Yes, it's the model prayer, but we are to pray for his kingdom to come. There's also here teachings about money and possessions. Do not judge others. Effective prayer. I, I know I'm sounding like a broken record here, but... Jesus tells us... You know, Jesus says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But Jesus says, I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me. You who break God's laws. Tithes. Where is that teaching about tithes in here that Jesus was telling us? You're not going to find it. Jesus never taught on tithes. He never taught on offerings. You could search up and down. You could even look past Jesus' teachings in the book of Acts Romans you're not going to find it there is no teaching guys that Jesus taught us to continue in tithes and offerings the only offerings God looks for is an offering of a thankful heart God looks for thankfulness being thankful Showing God, honoring God, praising God. He longs for that. He wants that. He doesn't want. He doesn't want your money. Don't you understand that God is the one who created money? He's the one who created the things where money comes from. 
But then again, you have these teachers who are not really teachers at all. These are people who twist the word of God. And uh, let's see here. <laughs> it's in First uh, Peter. Bear with me here, guys. Do, 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 do. Peter, I know it's Peter. Um, where is it? Ah, I found it here. Second uh, Peter, chapter three. And verse 15, we'll start in. It says, And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you, with the wisdom God gave him. Speaking of these things in all of his letters, some of his comments are hard to understand, and those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different just as they do with other parts of scripture and this will result in their destruction you can read the book of peter first and second peter and he goes on to warn people about false teachers but these are the same people that twist Paul's teachings as well as what they do with other scripture. They twist the word of God. They read into scripture things that aren't even in there. It doesn't even say it. Just like they say uh, with ties. They, you know, just for an example, guys. Instead of... Uh, Instead of Moses giving away a tenth, I'm pretty sure it was Moses. Yeah, instead of Moses giving away a tenth to Melchizedek, what if Moses decided to give three quarters? Can you understand now? And besides, when Moses gave a tenth to Melchizedek, he gave away the a tenth of the spoils of war. Spoils of work could mean anything. Spoils of work could mean clothing. It could mean furniture, houses. I'm pretty sure I said this. Clothing, food, jewelry, weapons, armor. Spoils of war does not mean money, necessarily. Spoils of war is just that. Spoils of war. So what's left afterwards? It's not always about money. So just because Abraham or her, just because Moses gave away a tenth does not mean he was talking about money. He decided to honor this guy, Melchizedek. He he wanted to honor him. And okay, what else could I bring up here? Uh, when they were when they were building the the tabernacle, 
when they were building the tabernacle in ah here it is money for the tabernacle okay one i'm going to say this very clearly who told them to build the tabernacle going to wait for a second if you said god you you are correct so when god told them to build the tabernacle this is a direct command from god and also god revealed to abraham or moses he revealed to moses <sighs> Uh, the the blueprint, to say the least, of what the tabernacle is supposed to look like. This is a direct copy of the one in heaven, except the one in heaven is not made with man's hands. So in Exodus 30, verse 11, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Whenever you take a census of the people of Israel, each man who is counted must pay a ransom for himself to the Lord. Then no plague will strike the people as you count them. Each person who is counted must give a small piece of silver as a sacred offering to the Lord. This payment is half a shekel based on the sanctuary shekel, which equals 20 geras. Um, all who have reached their 20th birthday must give this sacred offering to the Lord. When this offering is given to the Lord to purify your lives, making you right with him, the rich must not give more than the specified amount, and the poor must not give less. Receive this ransom money from the Israelites and use it for the care of the tabernacle. It will bring the Israelites to the Lord's attention, and it will purify their lives. Okay, so you can be like, well, look, see, look, they had to give money to the temple. <sighs> and I'm going to ask you this question. Who was ransomed in the New Testament, in the Gospels, who was ransomed for us? He was ransomed for 30 pieces of silver. If you guessed, or not guessed, if you have said Jesus, then you are correct. There's a connection here between this ransom money and the way Jesus was ransomed for us. Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. Now, take a look at what I just read here in Exodus chapter 30, verse 11. What is the purpose of this ransom money? <sighs> what is the purpose here, guys? The purpose of this offering is that when this, it says, when this offering is given to the Lord, it is given to the Lord so it can purify your lives, making you right with him. It will purify your lives. It will also... Where is it? I just saw it. 
Mm. Okay. Well, we all know Jesus was ransomed for us. He was sold for 30 pieces of silver. His blood has cleansed us from all of our sins and unrighteousness, where we are now, we can now call unto him to save us, to where we are made light, to where we are made right. And we, through our faith, by God's grace, he purifies our lives. See the connection? Oh, praise God for his son. Thank you, Thank you, Father. Thank you for your Son, Jesus. Praise you. Now let's let's take a look at something else here. Um, because I was just reading this. Yes, about the tabernacle. Um. It's all of the building supplies that they gave to build the tabernacle. Well, anyways, that is that God God commanded them to build the tabernacle. So the tabernacle required certain metals, uh, fabrics. Here it is, offerings. Verse Exodus chapter twenty-five. Here is a list of sacred offerings you may accept from them. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen and goat hair for cloth, tanned ram skin and fine goat skin leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the lamps, spices for the anointing oil and the fragrance incense, onyx stones and other gemstones to be set in the ephod, and the press and the priest's chest piece. Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. You must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the pattern I will show you. <clears throat> Why am I saying all of this? Because you have these pastors, these teachers that say tithes and offerings is for today. Because look, right here in Exodus chapter 25, they gave all of this gold, silver, bronze for the temple of God. Is this the temple of God? This is God's building, is it not? Well, God's building needs to be taken care of. You don't think that toilet paper is being paid on its own, do you? You see how they trick you, how they use God's word? How they trick you, how they twist it. They are saying themselves that God commanded them to build that multi-million dollar man-made building for you to sit in. And that it's not going to take care of itself. So how did they do this? They tell you tithes and offerings is still for today, which they fail to realize that tithes has nothing to do with money at all. It has always been done with food. But then they will say, well, that's that was their income back then. That's how they made their income. They had money, guys. They had shekels. 
Okay. Yes. Foods. Animals. That's how they made their money. But that's not what tithing is about. These people are not called by God to teach. Do not listen to these people anymore. Okay? Do not run away from these people. Stop listening to them. Jesus said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. He's, and what he meant by that was their false teaching. Uh, you know, I'm going to look this up just so you can see this, okay? Okay, it says here, guys. In Luke 12, we'll, we'll just start at verse 1. Under these circumstances, which after so many thousands of people had gathered together that they were stepping on one another, he began saying to his disciples, first of all, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. But there is nothing covered up that will not be revealed, and hidden that will not be will not be known. Accordingly, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. So this is this is what Jesus was talking about when he says beware the the yeast. Beware the yeast, beware the the leaven. Other translations say here, let's let's compare it just so you, you guys can see what I'm talking about. That was the New American Standard. The the New King James says this. Oh, damn. It says this. Beware of the leaven, which is hypocrisy. Beware of the leaven. Beware of the yeast. Beware, beware ye of the leaven. All this is talking about what yeast or what leaven meant is the hypocrisy. Now, why is this important? Because Jesus went over to tell us what yeast does. Yeast corrupts even just a little bit of yeast in the bread or in the dough and it corrupts the entire batch. This is why it's important to be able to discern and judge righteously and test to see if what these people, including me, including me to see what these people are teaching, what they are talking about, if it lines up with the word of God. Tithes and offerings is not for today still. I mean, if you want to do, if you truly want to do tithes, if a church building with its members want to do tithes properly, then they need to buy themselves a storehouse. They need to store it up with food. Then at the end of three years, everyone goes into that building and they take whatever they need so they they don't lack they do not lack anything but are people going are people going to be doing this no cuz they are going to continue to keep on deceiving you but god is raising up faithful servants those that honor his word
who truthfully seek his kingdom and his righteousness. These are the people that God is calling up. These are the people, the warriors that God is using today. There, You know there's many, many different kinds of different, I shouldn't say many, but there are quite a few uh, different gifts and calls that God places on each and every single one. Not everyone has the same calling that you do or I do or he has or what she has. We are all different, but we are all of the same body. We make up the body of Christ. Praise God. I believe, I believe that is all that I was going to teach on tithes because, and if I left anything out, then I will, I will make another video or video. <laughs> I'll make another, another episode for you guys, but. I believe if you listen to these two segments that you will that you will understand that you, that the that the fog will be made clear and that you will understand clearly what tithes is. Now I thank God for those and I pray and ask Father that you open up the ears and the eyes of those that are listening father god and fill their fill their hearts father with your love your light may you direct their paths father god just as your word does may they always be a light on the hill for all to see in jesus name i pray and thank you father god amen <laughs>